Well, not only is it the last day of summer, it is also the Erev Yom Kippur. Mm. Uh, the be the night before the day before Yom Kippur, which is tonight. Yes, yes, that's why I'm here. Yes, yeah. we love to talk about mm-hmm. it and introduce you to big concepts. Mm-hmm. And um, we had such a blast in Israel. And needless to say, as you can imagine, if we love so much of Israel, to get to go there opens your eyes to so many things. And what we have been actually doing since for the last couple of weeks is counting down the days of creation, mm-hmm. which took us up to Rosh Hashanah, which was exactly. 10 days ago, nine days ago, if you just look at today. Mm-hmm. And today is, or tonight begins Yom Kippur, which is the 10th day, the Day of Atonement, holiest day of the year for the Jews. And it is such a big day. I always call it God's favorite day. I think it really, really is. Mm-hmm. And it connects to so many things. So what we're going to talk about uh, this morning, back and forth, in a lot of different ways, is what exactly is Yom Kippur and why why should as Christians why should we be thinking about it interacting with it mm-hmm. it is the sabbath of sabbaths mm-hmm. so it's all about resting and fasting if you do the countdown from the first day it we will be at day number 15 tonight when it begins mm-hmm. at sundown right. so around seven o'clock once wham and glam are done for us um the Yom Kippur sabbath begins so this is if you will look at if the seventh day of creation was the Sabbath, and every Friday night, Saturday night is the Sabbath, this is the Sabbath of Sabbaths, the mm-hmm. Jubilee Sabbath, the one time of the year where God gives you a command that he gives no other time. And, wow. it, and it is this command. Mm-hmm. It is to rest and fast. Stop everything you do. Focus on me. So to me, that's why it's it's such a core day. It's so important. And as a Christian, we're going to try to help you look and see what, what all that is about, because what you do on Sundays and which, how you call your Sabbath, whatever, how you do all of those kind of things, because it's, as Christians, we have a lot of freedom, so we get to choose. So I'm just going to actually take you back to Genesis 2, thus the heavens and the earth were completed and all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he'd been doing, so on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day, made it holy, because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So now we're going to jump to, as Christians, we're going to jump to Romans 14. One man esteems one day above another. Another man esteems every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. That's Romans 14.5. Colossians chapter 2 says, Don't let any man judge you in respect to holy days, new moons, Sabbath days, which are all a shadow of things to come. For the substance is of Christ. Hmm. All right. Now think about that. The ending of that. Sabbaths are... You know how I love shadows and types, so mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my wheelhouse right here. Mm-hmm. So a Sabbath is nothing but a shadow. It's not real. That's the most important thing you got to get in this. Sabbaths don't really exist. Mm-hmm. Sabbaths are the shadow, and the rest of that for the substance is of Christ. So in other words, the shadow is the result of some substance. The sun shines on the substance, casts a shadow. Mm-hmm. So the sha- so Sabbaths are all about Christ. Mm. It's really not about Sabbaths. Mm -hmm. So if the Sabbath days were just a shadow of things to come, then the substance is Jesus. So the shadow that Jesus cast on the whole Old Testament was the Sabbath day. Mm. That every time you run into a Sabbath, don't think Sabbath, think Jesus. So it was a day of rest. But what has that got to do with us as Christians? Well, when Jesus died for us, what happened? 
We no longer had to labor. There's no law we have to fulfill. Uh, he has become our Sabbath as Christians. He mm-hmm. becomes our rest. Yes. Wow. Whenever he's in charge... We've ceased from our labors. We enter into his rest. We get his holiness. We get his righteousness. So all the Sabbaths from the first one through the last one are all looking at Jesus who would bring rest. So no longer is there a righteousness of works or the law. The righteousness now comes by faith, resting in Jesus Christ. So you can also say this resting is encountering Christ intimately, becoming one with him and his will. So first and foremost... When we talk about a Sabbath or Sabbath of Sabbaths and rest, what you're really talking about is encountering Christ. So this day isn't about fulfilling some kind of law. I was just going to say that. I mean, it, it is because, mm-hmm. of course, here, this was before the law anyways. Mm-hmm. So what he was saying is we're going to have a day each week just mean you. We're going to just walk and encounter, engage each other. We're going to grow. You're going to know me better. I'm going to know. We're going to encounter. So in a sense, Sabbath is is a shadow in and of itself Mm -hmm. of eternity, of heaven, when we'll intimately know everything about him as he knows us. Mm -hmm. Am I making sense? Oh, yeah. In the theologian Ray to English Dictionary, uh, as believers, we would not be following the law observing Yom Kippur. Correct. But the Jewish people... And the ones we would see at the Western Wall correct, would be attempting to follow the law. Because they, they have not encountered Christ. Okay. They're still looking for their Messiah. Like, you guys had a really cool experience. I was exhausted on Sunday. I stayed in the room and slept. <laughs> you guys, as always, went to Old Town Jerusalem <laughs> and walked another... I heard that we walked 46 miles. Yes, Is that, that was one of... Minimum. Uh, yeah, one of the girls' uh, like fitness counter apps on her phone. That for that 10 days, we walked 45 miles. I did the math. We could go to Cleveland Donuts. (laughs) (laughs) Or Stone Mountain. Either We could go to Addison's Church. We could walk there. That's a long way when you think about it. Mm -hmm. So, good gosh, man. Wow. No wonder these pants feel a little better this morning. (laughs) Up and down steps. Mountain. So, really more like Cleveland than Stone Mountain. Although Mm -hmm. there was a mountain there. So, So, as you're walking, you saw something different on Rosh Hashanah on that yep. Sunday night. Yeah, we did. Before then, the Orthodox Jews were wearing black, black hats, black rose, black, black this and that, and praying. What happened on Rosh Hashanah? They were all in white. Was that cool or what? It was That's wild. what it was. Yes. Wow. Yep, they were all in white. And you guys I'm just getting that. that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome mm-hmm. back to Georgia. Well, I was like, I didn't get the memo. <laughs> That's amazing. And can I just reiterate Psalm 9511? So I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter into my rest. But Hebrews 4 3. Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said. So I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet, his works, Jesus's, have been finished since the creation of the world for us to enter that rest. Yes. I mean, Whoa. It's, it's, almost a, <laughs> it's almost a prophetic word there, too. Mm-hmm. He said, they'll never enter my rest. Now, obviously, a lot of Jews came to know Jesus and mm-hmm. all the disciples and apostles, they were Jews. Mm-hmm. So, yep. but by, by and large, the people, the, the Jewish people, that tribe of Judah, that group, they did not enter his rest, nor will they till the very end of time. So wow. what they did back here 
was going to affect generate. I mean, it was just prophetic declaration. You people are so stubborn. You know, I'm going to have to get Gentiles to bring this to make you jealous to come. So, I mean, mm. just as we're going through this, looking at the heavens and earth and the creation, and when we arrive at the Sabbath day, I'm going to give you one more little nugget here, and then we're going to break for the before the next one, so you can get some more worship. Um, in verse four of Genesis two. This account of the heavens and earth when they were created, the Lord God made the heavens and the earth. In verse 4, this is also really big in the same connection. If you read everything up to verse 4 of chapter mm -hmm. 2, it says God. Mm -hmm. All right? In verse 4, it says Lord God. Mm. And that's really important because he, when he's God, the word God, G-O-D, like we know it, Elohim. But now he's Lord God, which is Jehovah or Yahweh Elohim. Because now... It's a little exciting. We're going to see God relating to man, becoming to man what man needs. Mm. Mm. So it's this huge switch, all right? Now, I want you to think about something. This is a little tidbit for those of you who went to Israel. Verse 5, no shrub had appeared on the earth. No plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord had not sent rain on the earth. There was no one to work the ground, but streams came up from the earth, watered the whole surface of the ground. Now... Apart from the land of Eden, there are no shrubs or plants, which is interesting because you go back into the creation days uh, as he's creating, he creates that land and plants and seed bearing and all that, right? But it only happened in Eden. It didn't happen everywhere else. Hmm. Now that you've gone there mm -hmm. and you look at the road to Jericho and, and the Dead Sea in that area, you start to look and go, this is what Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve walked out to. They're walking going, whoa, this is different. So he mm -hmm. makes this beautiful land of Garden Eden so there's no rain till Noah. So I want you to think about what you saw and what God prepared for you and God prepared for Israel. So prior to that, this mist would rise out of Eden, right? Uh, out of the earth mm -hmm. and water and this dew with the mist. But he talks about these four rivers on each side. So mm -hmm. somehow you end up with rivers with no rain, which is fascinating. Mm -hmm. The only way that can really happen is beneath your subterranean caverns of uh, water and tremendous volcanic heat forces the water comes up from the sea through these caverns and you get this kind of like a steam generator or volcano, if you will. Mm. The steam going up condenses the water and you have this water supply that way. So with this moisture blanket all over the atmosphere, it would just be like this land, kind of what we experience, this land of humidity <laughs> in, in that, that sandstorm. And at night, the mist goes up and it waters the earth. And what did we discover about Israel while we were there? If, if there was anything that stood out about Israel, it was rocks everywhere, mm -hmm. volcanic rocks. It was mm -hmm. this massive land. So whatever happened in all of that, it all happened, started back here when this land, because I still believe that that is the land of Eden right there, the promised land from rivers to rivers down to Ethiopia up to the north. It's just that, uh, that land of Eden, the Garden of Eden, mm -hmm. Jerusalem as its hub. And so we got to take a real good look at what happened from the early days of the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. Ray Haynes is in teaching on Yom Kippur. We are walking, we are walking, we are walking. <laughs>